Stepping through the door was like entering a freak arena. Two guys slouched around, apparently waiting for customers, victims. Metal and ink covered their bodies, even their faces. Two others, hunched over their desks, looked up at me. Their wide eyes said they were as curious about me as I was about them. They all seemed like aliens. Scary. I turned to leave. Hi there, one of them said. How can we help you? Nothing. But that was a lie because I'd entered their domain. I should have run when I had the chance. When I stood at the door. Before it shut behind me. Before I got too nervous to do anything but giggle like an idiot. What am I doing? David's voice echoed in my mind. Please don't do this, Roxy. It's just a phase. It will pass. Now I was going behind his back. What will my kids think? I was so angry when my daughter did this. Good thing my parents were deceased. As far as I knew, three types of people got tattoos. Hoodlums wore skulls and tribal images. Sentimentalists wore reminders of people or the past. And bad Christians wore Bible verses and religious symbols. Middle-aged and still a rebel, I no longer knew what to think. With my low self-esteem and my baldness, just stepping out the door was a battle with embarrassment. Like those dreams where you find yourself half-naked in public. And I was sick of wigs. I came here to get covered in a new way. But it felt wrong. Yet two anxious days later I was back, face down on a massage table with a hole for my face, watching Ed the Tattoo Artist tennis shoes under his bouncing knee. Are you ready? he gently asks. As I'll ever be. What will people at church think? Will I catch a horrible disease? Okay, here we go. Let me know if you need me to stop at any time. Last chance to back out. But I stayed. The tattoo gun whirred and the needle vibrated against my scalp, jabbing like a tiny machine gun. With much of the left side of my body already numb for years, I hardly felt the needle on some of the spots. Other places were hypersensitive and hurt so bad I thought I'd pass out, if I didn't throw up first. Whenever Ed turned away to reload the gun, I peeked up and watched. I took note of smelling salts taped to one wall and a sink along another wall, just in case. The needle seemed to vibrate right into the skull bone. Ed asked how I was doing, and I surprised him and the others. It's a breeze, I lied. Wow, you must have a high pain tolerance. How impressive I was. A lifetime of it had trained me well. My mind traveled to the only time there was no pain. Floating above my body, the glistening tunnel, and the infinite yellow field of God's waiting room. Heaven. The flowers under that deep blue eternity bloomed, colorful and vivid, beyond human description. How close could Ed come to what they looked like? His work might look more like a cartoon. I'm afraid I'll regret this, and it'll be too late. My nerves ran wild. Then, ow! Can I stand this? Aye! Buck up, Rox, and take it. 
You can do this. No, I can't. After about a half hour of teeth-clenching pain, I was sure my head was getting pulverized into hamburger. My scalp burned, and my brain throbbed with a raging pulse. Occasionally, Ed soaked a paper towel in a cool liquid and whisked it across my head. Oh, that felt good. Why do you wipe my head so often, I asked. To clean off the extra ink and blood. Blood? From my road out of childhood abuse, to topping the corporate ladder, to crawling away from suicide, I was still stubborn enough to endure anything to reach my goal. I didn't know that my life would change yet again and find an open stage I'd never dreamed of.